and welcome to the M2 Podcast. My name is Michael Anthony. My co-host right here is Kyle Heath. We appreciate you for tuning in. This is the show where we cover gaming industry-related news. We're talking esports and personalities, uh, new and upcoming games, technology innovation, and of course, just general gaming industry news. Um, without further ado, like Kyle, what have you been doing this last week? And by the way, for people that are watching on video, Kyle's over here with a birthday head on. It's his birthday week. So wish him a happy birthday in the comments. Well, thanks. Uh, what, what have you been up to, man? Um, yeah, it was a pretty busy week, might I say. And, uh, you know, birthday stuff mainly. Um, but, you know, got a, got a ton of gifts. I finally got the uh, um, Friends for Grace just stuff. I finally got a, uh, that Samsung TV I've been, like, teasing at. <laughs> like, oh, I want to get one. Um, so finally. <laughs> yeah, so I finally got one. Um, yeah, super, I'm super grateful for that. It's, uh, it was uh, something that they did not have to do, so I appreciate it always. But, um, but yeah, awesome. I've been... Uh, I've been experimenting. It is since it's the Samsung TV. Of course, you know it's a smart TV, and it's uh, it pairs up with Xbox and a bunch of other cloud gaming services. Um, I think Luna's on there. I think yep. GeForce now. I think has an app on there. Uh, there's a lot. So, um, but obviously the one I went to immediately, you know, XCloud. You already know I'm going Xbox. Um, nice. <laughs> and so I uh, I tried out um I tried out a couple games on it. Uh, the the main one I've been playing though is Fable Two. I mean, going back to the old like 360 Throwback. titles. Yeah. I'm trying those. The main reason I feel like I'm kind of straying towards the, like the 360 titles is because you know it is streaming. So, um, although it's not like terrible, there is um, there's definitely like noticeable input latency, and it's kind of you want to try. I think right now, at least with the setup I have, you know, I I have the TV. The TV actually has an Ethernet port, so I just hooked it up directly to my router. But um, there's still, of course, you know, I mean, it is you know, it's as good as streaming can get. So, um. There's a little bit of a uh, little bit of a put kind of stuff going on there, but uh, but it's definitely playable for a game like Fable Two. I don't want to try like I will at some point try like Atomic Heart or something that's more modern, like a shooter. Oh yeah, dude, that's I, on my list of I things mean, to do. Yeah, like I want to yeah. try something like that on uh, XCloud, but I just haven't yet. So um, who knows? I may try that out this week. But um, I'm I, I will admit I'm not the most optimistic about having a fluid, uh, playable experience on a game like that. Um, at least not on this TV setup. I'm sure, like, if I was on my computer or something like that, um, it probably wouldn't be as bad. But, you know, that TV is, uh, true. It's kind of like playing on a phone, you know, it's, um, at least on the TV, you know, you can hardwire in on the phone. It's like strictly Wi Fi. But yeah, there's still, uh, you know, um, there's still some growing pains. I, I, there's a reason that I think it's xCloud is still technically in beta because, <laughs> you know, they're still trying to build the infrastructure. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah. But- do you have a gigabyte internet, like high speed internet, like Google? Or... Yeah, I have I think like AT&T has it as well. Yeah, I mean, actually, I have it. I have a, I think I have like 500 by 500 megs or something like that. It's like half a gig, yeah. essentially. I could get a gig if I wanted to. I just, I don't know. I haven't, I, I think it's only like, it's like 20 extra bucks my ISP, so it's not that bad. Um, and who knows? I may upgrade at some point. Um, especially, I mean, the TV is also 4K TV, so if I'm trying to, you know, um, if I'm trying to take advantage of like 4K streaming, whether it's like movies or something like that, it may end up being more beneficial to have a gig. So um, I don't know. I'll see how it shakes out. But I think uh, at least for right now, I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. But and who knows? And maybe a gig is maybe that would improve the uh, streaming quality. I don't know. Um, I feel like 500. I feel like a nice like half gig is still pretty uh pretty solid. But who knows? Could be definitely wrong. Definitely is. <laughs> it it, de- it definitely is pretty solid. But I'll tell you, having gig. Because I, I had I had half a gig with AT&T Fiber, and I switched to Google Fiber. This is at my like last location, and it was almost instantaneous difference. Like Not yeah. only was the speed faster, but the ping was less. So I think that just has to do with an infrastructure thing more than it has to do with the actual download and upload speeds. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah, but it could be something worthwhile. It just depends on risk-to-reward kind of thing. Not even risk, just cost or reward yeah. yeah yeah it's a good point um yeah it's it's something i'm definitely i, I want to look more into kind of see um kind of maybe see why that is do a little more research but yeah could be worth it i, I know it's uh it's not that much for my isp so um it may be uh maybe yeah. worth the bump but but yeah anyways you know um so i got that i've been playing around with that pretty much most of the week <laughs> to kind of it's check awesome. on the streaming services i finally decided um I I feel like I felt like it was finally time for me to revisit that uh, PS2 that I bought a couple months back. 
that was broken. Uh, it was just a laser, thankfully. That was all that was broken about it. Um, mm-hmm. It just couldn't read. Uh, couldn't read DVDs. I don't know if it could read CDs or not, but um, I immediately did not try a CD on it. But regardless, it was uh, struggling with DVDs. I tried. I tried tuning some of the. Uh, I guess um, I tried tuning the power on the laser, trying to make it a little draw a little more power to it. But uh, still, then it was struggling to read discs. So. Uh, so you know, we did uh what was what we could only do in the modern day, and that is go to Amazon and find a, <laughs> a cheap knockoff that uh that actually had good reviews. Of course. So, um, so yeah. Anyways, I was able to find something that was uh that was pretty affordable, and uh, actually got here in a day, which not much stuff gets to where I live in a day. So I thought that was interesting, but um, but yeah, I just literally ordered it, got it the next day, and I uh, popped it in, and sure enough, uh, it actually worked out the box. I didn't have to like tweak it or that's awesome. do anything else with the nice. PS2. It just uh, I hooked it up, and all of a sudden, I'm popping discs in, and it's reading everything, and I got a little bit of I got a I got a little session in on a GTA Vice City, um, so <laughs> I'm playing kind of Vice City on the old uh, on the old hardware, which is fun. Um, and I also got a little RC8 HDMI adapter for my bigger TV, so I could actually hook it up to my bigger TV because obviously, you know. Most modern day TVs don't have RCA or anything like that. It's all HDMI. So, uh, have you tried it yet? Yeah, I tried it a little bit earlier after I after it came in the mail. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, so far it's it's you know I only tested it for a few minutes, but uh, I mean, so far so good. It's the pictures, uh, you know, pictures nice and crisp, and I think uh, everything has been stable. So, um, and the little converter I got, I think, was like the one of the most popular on Amazon. Had like it's I'm still a sucker for like. I try to go for like if there's like a giant marker or something, I check and see what has the most ratings first and see if that's maybe the option I want to go with. But but yeah, I decided to go with like this really highly rated uh adapter and it works uh, pretty well. So yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I I have issues with my N sixty four connecting to my TV with different adapters. So mm. uh that's why I was asking, I was like, did it work? <laughs> that's where I was getting at. Yeah. It's like if you went high end, then yeah, it should work. Yeah. There's sometimes hit or miss, but it's awesome it worked for you. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard too. I heard um not only the adapters hit or miss, but like some of these like knockoff like you know parts for like these older consoles can be hit or miss. So it's kind of like um I think so far I've lucked out. Knock on wood, but um yeah, I certainly want to try the adapter uh, that RCA adapter with other consoles as well. Perhaps like the nice. GameCube of the Wii, kind of see how it like see how it works across like the consoles I have before I give like a oh yeah this looks pretty good. But um I don't know first impressions. I, I'm optimistic, so <laughs> so I'll always say that. Um, it's good yeah um i don't know it's been a long week other than that i think like game wise it's really um yeah i played some gta played some fable 2 um i trying to think what else i play i think i played something else it's not coming to mind right now but yeah it's uh i've been hopping around a few different games um oh yeah i know on ps2 i tried to i tried the first max pain on ps2 and uh unfortunately it was uh at least the PS2 port, not the best. And by not the best, I mean, like, you're getting, like, 10 to 15 FPS in gunfights, <laughs> like, when you're fighting enemies. Oh, no, yeah. And then it's like, good. the game is trying to hit 60, so when you go, like, in a subway or stuff like that where there's not much to render, it's, like, flawless. <laughs> but then you go outside, the second you get in a gunfight, it's just, like, almost unplayable. So I would recommend, if anyone's trying to play Max Payne, it's a fantastic game, but you should get it on PC. And uh, there's still a little bit of tweaking you have to do on PC. I think there's like a fan-made patch you have to download because if you don't, the audio is like terribly out of sync. <laughs> so it's like oh, the, only, yeah. the only fix was fan-made, but it's an easy enough uh, install. So um, yeah, I would recommend PC if you ever get into Max Payne. But, uh, but yeah, PS2 is unfortunately... Uh, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be playing the game through on <laughs> PlayStation, but yeah. Um, that was uh, pretty much it for the games I played this week. I don't know. Did you have that's, an event for week, Mike? Uh, yeah, kind of. So I saw a couple of movies. I saw Oppenheimer on Sunday. I saw Barbie on Saturday. I thought both were pretty good. Nice. Um, I enjoyed it. It was very entertaining. Uh, some of it was pretty hilarious. Some of it was just like super nerdy, obviously like nerdy goes a little bit towards the Oppenheimer stuff. (laughs) Um, yeah, a little bit of melancholy here and there and like existential is probably the best word for both of them. Um, overall, it was fun to go to the movies. I hadn't been in the movies in a long time. And a couple other things in terms of gaming, I've been playing uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee or Animelee on PC, playing with a couple of buddies of mine, having a lot of fun, and just like trying to con- critique and make the right settings, really just trying to figure out how to play that game again. I haven't touched it in like 10 plus years, yeah. but it still has a dedicated 
like community and fan base and all this other stuff. So um, just practicing with that, trying to trying to enjoy it, trying to learn some new things. I played a little bit of uh, Halo 2 and 3, um, mostly to play and test out the OBS plugin that I downloaded. So I downloaded the OBS plugin for multi-streaming. And usually I would, I normally use Restream, but the Restreaming changed their policy. I was able to stream to like four different platforms for free. And now you can only do two. Yeah. So yeah. I found the plugin and I was able to stream to everything. I, I Like Kick. So it's like Quick, Twitch, Facebook. Well, Facebook didn't really work. So YouTube was the other one. So four. And I was trying to get Facebook to work. And I was just testing it out like, not taking anything seriously. My cam wasn't on. I wasn't like trying to be an entertainer like you should be when you're streaming. Just mostly uh, let's get on, have a good time, play some games, just relax like late yeah. at night, kind of turn off the cam, sit in the dark and just focus on shooting. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's basically all I've been up to in terms of gaming. Uh, I told you I beat Breath of the Wild. I meant to start up led, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. And I played a little bit more Diablo. I wish I could have played more Diablo, but it just uh, just wasn't working out. Yeah, dude, life gets in the way, you know. It's all it's annoying. It's, it's very annoying. annoying. Yeah, it's true. I also didn't even mention, but uh, I got Jason Schreier's book because it was on sale. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Pixels. Um, yeah, you mentioned that before we went live yeah. or recording. Yeah, it's uh, I've only a couple chapters in, but it's really good if you're curious about like. The games industry um in general because there's a lot of uh interviews with different i think like 10 different developers in here across uh some of the main popular games i know one of these chapters in here which i'm looking forward to is uh they met with bungie on destiny <laughs> so i'm very much oh looking great to, that's yeah didn't yeah. it i think that's, that would be pretty sick yeah it's towards the end of the book but i know diablo 3 and halo wars are two of the other games they <laughs> did interviews on so nice um dragon halo wars Age is, is in there too good. yeah mm -hmm. dragon Age is in there too i mean there's it's it's a lot of like triple A titles in here, so I'm curious to see what the uh I've learned so much already about uh Obsidian with Pillars of Eternity and uh Naughty Dog with Uncharted Four, so curious to see the rest. That's so, but, but yeah, that's so cool. It's on sale for like but, two bucks. <laughs> I think it's like eight bucks to get it right now on Amazon, so that's why I got it. But nice. yeah, uh, keep us informed on everything that's going on with it. Yeah, yeah, like, I think uh, how it is. Yeah, I don't know. I I really enjoy reading this book because I think um I think it will give me more insight too on like just the games industry in general. Because they, I mean, not only is it like talking about what the studios specifically do, but also like just going into detail about like what exactly is a game designer and what exactly is like an audio designer and stuff like that. Like, so it kind of goes in, these are what these positions well, now, actually do kind of thing. Yeah. Now it sounds like a requirement. I need to, I need to read the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd recommend so. it. It's uh, it's cheap, but I'm enjoying it so far. So yeah, pretty interesting Sweet stuff. Now. Awesome. You know, it's interesting and uh, exciting stuff. Oh. is the first setup for our article is this it would have been actually amazing if you chose jason schreier's like article going in from that segue <laughs> but right. it's somebody else <laughs> yeah it's not jason schreier unfortunately um but it is coming from the verge antonio g day benedito that's what i'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna say it said a little, little bit of accent you hear that <laughs> hey, i did it sounded good. <laughs> Hopefully I don't know if it's right. right. But, uh, I'm sorry, Antonio. Um, so this article actually is, uh, I, I saw this when it was one of the, like when I see articles like this, I'm like, we have to cover stuff like this because I feel like it's good to inform the community, but also just it's very interesting for me as a hardware buff. So there's never been a better time to buy an SSD for your PC or PS5. Because that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a PS5, you can update the storage pretty easily and even add more storage, I believe. So can you have an M.2 then yeah uh, what used to be a costly upgrade for gamers and content creators is now a no brainer and the deals may continue getting better so if you've ever seen Verge's daily deals coverage on the recent Amazon Prime Day sales uh, fervor um, you might have noticed uh, that, witnessed, that we witnessed the lowest solid state drive prices we've ever seen it wasn't that long ago that choosing an SSD over a hard disk was a pricey endeavor uh, best left to deep-pocketed PC builders and hardcore enthusiasts. And I can attest to this. So when I originally built my PC in 2017, um, the 256 gigabyte SSD I bought, like the M.2, it was like, I think it was like $150, $200. And now you can get that for 
25 30 it's like it's so yeah, cheap it's now. actually pretty wild <laughs> um, yeah and like now that's like not even a terabyte not even two terabytes is that much now it's kind of crazy um but yeah it says now you'll find the ssd you'll find an ssd in every ps5 xbox series x and most computers and if the price trend continues won't be surprised if they start getting thrown in as a free gift when you buy a desk or bookshelf from ikea it's pretty good that's pretty intense. <laughs> uh, how much for a price drop are we talking? Well, considering consider this: the best-selling internal SSD on Amazon is a two-terabyte Samsung 980 Pro, which is selling for around $120, and has fallen 60% in price just since this time last year, according for most of these 76% drop over its lifetime. Uh, as for its younger, hotter, and faster-running sibling, uh, the, the two-terabyte Samsung 990 Pro. The highest rate, the highest ranked seller on Amazon among newer SSDs, at at one hundred and fifty dollars, it's dropped uh, about fifty eight percent since it launched in November of twenty twenty two at three hundred and nine. Dude, that's a Jeez. steep drop in a short amount of time. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you know what might have something to do with this. Um, remember during every, like the lockdown, everything was being charged like astronomically more in terms of electronics because of, like the chip shortage and stuff. Yeah, I think this is just like getting to the true price of what it should actually be now. You know, yeah, it's very true. Yeah, solid theory. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, definitely likely. It's a breath of fresh air to see valuable and essential tech for us gamers and PC builders actually get cheaper. And it feels like a lots of devices and streaming services have only been slowly creeping upwards in price over time. Besides, more devices need more SSDs than ever now. With mini consoles, laptops, and desktops offering a second M.2 slot you can fill, handheld consoles like the Steam yeah. Deck and Asus Rogue Ally are begging for more space. It's very true. A lot of these handhelds, and especially PS5, you know, it's like uh, they, they just have the extra slot. They're like, hey, you can, we make it so you can easily expand. You know, I'm looking at Xbox, Mike, you know, with these, uh, <laughs> with these uh, proprietary, proprietary storages, dude. I'm yeah. looking at you, Xbox. Here, you got the Game Pass, you got got the value and then this is what you do to your console like what i think maybe what if it's conspiracy that xbox is trying to make their console obsolete so we get on pc and have to pay for the game pass on pc which costs more it's a very likely theory honestly i'd believe it uh, i like it when you agree with me Sad, dude. <laughs> i agree with the truth what can i say um conspiracy theory yeah i know conspiracy theory pod that's all this is becoming Compared to traditional hard drives, even a fairly basic M.2 NVMe SSD is lightning fast and more than adequate for the average user. Now, however, we've been watching prices drop steadily for weeks on some of the fastest and most sought-after SSDs in the market, and the downward trajectory may yet go further. Prices are bottoming out because of major chip manufacturers like Samsung are overstocked with inventory. Like you said, Mike. <laughs> and, so, hey, yo. Uh, really? <laughs> uh, and not enough demand. The price is tumbling as a result, according to Reuters report. These prices are not expected to bottom out until later this quarter and possibly not until and, and not recover until next year. So it's a great time to share the best deals uh, we're seeing with you. Um, and they got a little chart here about the uh, Samsung 980 SSD, the 980 Pro SSD price trend um, since it's like October of 2021. And um, just in the past, you know, Wild. two years, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's quite the drop. We're talking at it was uh this SSD was originally at two roughly around two thirty. Now it's dropped down to sixty dollars. <laughs> so it's like jeez, man. Um Yeah, these prices are uh definitely definitely crazy. Um just two I mean that's literally just two years. Yeah. Um it's crazy. Sticking with Samsung for a second, the Samsung nine eighty pro, um with a, with a sequential read speed of 6,400 megabytes per second, um, is more than fast enough for use in the PlayStation 5. And adding one more, adding one more than doubles the console's usable 666 gigabyte of built-in space. It's now selling with a heatsink, um, which Sony says the PS5 requires, for just $80 at retailers like Amazon and Best Buy. That's $70 cheaper than it was last July, and $170 less than it sold for in the fall of 2021. Uh, for even more storage, the 2TB 980 Pro with a heatsink is currently $140, which was $130 cheaper than it was just a year ago at Best Buy. Sheesh. 
It's crazy. Mike. That heat sink looks uh, that looks clean. I be, I think I have the same. I have something very similar in my PC. Yeah. How many SSDs do you have in your PC? Um, I have two. Yeah, I'm not two. two. I have two. Yeah. Um, I have the one I started with, which is two fifty. 250 gigabyte okay. and then i had a i bought a two terabyte like i think later last year um because it was so cheap and now it's like even cheaper it's like i should have waited <laughs> but <laughs> maybe but, it's like, <laughs> but yeah i uh i also I, I actually bought the two terabyte ssd to replace a one terabyte i think it was like a one terabyte um two and a half inch ssd which actually the connector like yeah. started dying on <laughs> so i had to get the new one um but yeah so it's uh but yeah i mean m.2 i think uh I personally didn't understand the use case of a heatsink in like on an SSD, like an M.2 like this. I didn't understand the use case for it, but it makes sense in terms of like the consoles. Because like PS5, it's like they don't really, um, there's like, there's, you know, like on my motherboard, there's like a, there's thermal pads like on a metal plate that you screw in on top yeah. of the SSD to actually keep it cool. But yeah, I mean, I just, I didn't think about that. But yeah, consoles like PS, you know, like PS5 and probably some others don't really have that. Um, luxury of you know like being able to keep the keep the actual ssd cool so you definitely need True. something like this um or in order to, to dissipate that heat so you don't fry the electronics but it all uh it's all making sense now because i've seen um and i think the main reason i was like it was kind of confusing to me was i would i think i uh i watched like a, i think it was jay's two cents video or something like that um where they were at the store and they were talking about ssds and um i think he had bought accidentally like bought an ssd or something that had a heat sink on it <laughs> so i ended up like having to pry it off or something like that because he didn't oh, feel like no. going yeah. back and buying one that had it i think he I, that I don't was know like, he, like three years ago wasn't it, it was, yeah it was a long time like ago that? i don't know yeah. if you ruined it i can't remember what happened but <laughs> i thought it was funny he's like trying to pry it off it's like he could have just like returned it and got one <laughs> probably without a heat sink but um even uh we'll continue a little bit with the article even the newer samsung 990 pro which is overkill for the ps5 but well suited for as a top tier gaming desktop can be had for one terabyte of storage for just 80 dollars at amazon and best buy um the pr a price you might have thought unthinkable when it launched at just eight months ago at around 100 dollars more but nice. what's really shocking is the two terabyte version of samsung's 990 pro which is currently 150 dollars at amazon and even briefly sold for 130 on a prime day lightning deal even without the added time sensitive discount, today's price for the two terabyte is just is about $163 less than what Amazon was charging in December just before prices were cast down a well. Dang, dude, you know? If I didn't have oh, to yeah, replace sure. if I didn't have to replace an SSD at the time, could have waited, you know. It's wild, dude, these times. It's crazy, Mike. Um You know, I'm so they were only really talking not a lot of people really know this. It's kind of one of those things you got to Google and figure out on your own because I don't think it's really advertised. But PC Part Picker, right? You've heard of it. I know you've used it before. Yeah. It's pretty popular, but some people who haven't, um, in terms of like finding these prices and stuff, they're only really talking about Amazon and Best Buy, where if you go to PC Part Picker and type in Samsung 990 Pro, if you wanted to go, well, on Best Buy, it's actually $170. $160, mind you. But there are other platforms. There's like Newegg, which is a very popular place. There's You can buy directly from Samsung. So you don't have to go strictly to Amazon. Amazon's actually more, $190. Yeah. So always alternatives. But uh, yeah, that's a it's good cool point. to see the prices dropping, man. Yeah, for sure. Really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that I'll probably be like, majority of this discount will probably be kind of temporary, but... I mean, it just means yeah. that, you know, if you want an SSD, like, now's the time to buy, because who knows, uh, maybe the streaming. Facts. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I would continue all the article. They're pretty much just talking about, like, this SSD is this much down, and this SSD is this much down, and, yeah. Yeah, they, all they the show, context and stuff. They show a couple of charts, too, as, as well, you know, of each one, and kind of how they've, uh, decreased in price, but, uh, but, yeah, they even talk, there's even here, which is the pricing of, uh, just two terabyte NVMe drives in general, kind of like how they uh, have dropped in the last like 18 months. But yeah, it's uh, definitely a downward trend uh, for the most part. So again, you know, if you're in the market for a M.2 SSD and, and honestly, this is like, I mean, especially after like doing a bunch of research over the past few months, it's kind of like, this is the, this is going to be the new form factor. And this is what all motherboards nowadays, especially are geared towards. 100%. <laughs> it's, they're geared towards M.2s because Yep. I mean, dude, the form factor, it's so small. It's it's, just, it's tiny, doesn't take up much space. You don't need, like, crazy, like, cooling for it. Um, exactly. 
Yeah. I mean, dude, it's, it's kind of crazy to think the days of hard drives are just, like, over for gaming anyways. <laughs> it's like there's no, like, real use for them, honestly. Uh, well, that's not entirely true, right? Because how many games are coming out or that are already out that are over 100 gigs? You know, I can, like, isn't Warzone 250 gigs or something? And, like, yeah. Master Chief Collection, that's, like, six games into one. <laughs> but that that's over, like, 125 gigs since... That's even without adding the campaign. That's just like the multiplayer. So there's still a use case. And I think it's going to keep getting more and more uh, with the size of games. If you're a gamer, it's really necessary. But if if you're like a workhorse, like it's your workstation, you don't need more than two terabytes, really. No. I don't think. Which you mean, I I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure M.2, it's like it doesn't really go over two terabytes. (laughs) Like I think two terabytes is kind of the limit for most affordable M.2s, so... Um, yeah, after I mean, that, you basically need a server rack of stuff, right? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's one of those things, man, like, these, um... like, But, like, you know, even for the use case for gaming, there's not really, like, there's nothing I can think of where, like, a hard drive is really required, because, like, most people, they, they'll utilize, like, a 2 terabyte, but they can always just upgrade and, you know, install another one pretty easily. Um, So you can just sure. bounce back and forth. I mean, it's, uh... It's, it's definitely at a point where, um... Like, even, dude, I mean, even if you have a budget PC, I mean, these prices are, like, ridiculous. Like, you can, like, even most budget builds, there's no reason not to do this now, pretty much. Um, Maybe not necessarily two terabytes, but even, like, a one terabyte is going to be really cheap, so. um, That's actually a really, really good point. And yeah. not only that, but you can, you can basically use, uh, similar to what you probably have with your, I think you said 240 gigs, or 250 gigs, uh, your M.2. So you basically have like a small M.2 to run your processor and like essential programs and your Windows software applications. And then you can have basically a disk drive or like a two and a half inch SSD that's still really good. Have a SATA connection to everything and that just stores all of your games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's many possibilities, right? For configuration. Um, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, dude. If if anyone's out there looking for storage, especially for your PC, or even if you have a console, you have a PS5, and you want to, you know, upgrade that uh, hard drive because you know it's not a, it's certainly not the best option once you get stock. So it's definitely, okay. I think, worth considering. So definitely check your local Amazon, your local Best Buy, see what they got out there. It may surprise you. Facts. Or check out. Uh, I actually have a Sambrin, uh Rocket or Sambrin like style SSD. M.2 drive for like it's a two terabyte it got really cheap because those are mostly geared towards servers and at the time they weren't really making or selling as much as their products so I put it on my gaming PC and I got a I got like a pretty good deal on it I don't remember what the price was I know it's not as cheap as these prices but it was a good (laughs) deal at the time and it's really cool to see that name brand uh, our very reliable brand building SSDs for Steam Deck and the Rogue Ally and the the Microsoft Surface so it's yeah. like it's very trusted. I think is yeah, really what true. I'm getting at here. Yeah, I mean, there's a yeah. I think they're one of many where it's kind of like they're a definitely a, a cheaper name, quote unquote. But I mean, it's, yes. you know, works just as well. And it's cool to see this kind of like this cheaper, smaller. Reliable. It's it's like a smaller form factor too, right? I mean, look at this. Yeah, it's like one so of those cool. stubby SSDs, which I mm-hmm. which I thought in general was an older form factor, but it seems like you know even nowadays the new NVMe are just they're utilizing it too, which um. I think for something like a Rogue Ally or like a Steam Deck, this size makes more sense, right? It's not some long stick. It's just a little square. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's going to tie into the future of them making the portable, uh, replaceable batteries that we talked about in last week's episode. Very true. Look at this call out. That was crazy. Let's go. Go check it out. (laughs) Check it out, dude. You know what else we should check out? The next article, but see, I literally took it out of your mouth, dude. You didn't have to say that. You You totally stole that from me. Oh, I'm pretty man. excited to talk about this next one, and it's <laughs> coming from IGN. It's from Cat Bailey out there in IGN. It was written this week. Uh, it's about Star Wars Outlaws, and we've mentioned it a couple of times, haven't we? So, Star Wars Outlaws devs have promised it won't be a 300-hour epic, unfinishable RPG, and that's one of the things that we were talking about. Was it? Yeah, I think it was even last week's episode as well, oh. where Ubisoft made the claim that there are portions of Star Wars Outlaws that would be, like, just planets would be the size of, like, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, or Black Flag. 
which are crazy. So I think what they're really trying to let you guys know is uh, if you want to be a completionist, you don't have to dedicate three years of your life to finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, which is good. I'm uh, I'm full support of this. As I said, <laughs> I want it to be a, me too, I don't man. want it to be Valhalla, you know, that's just me. I love much. Star Wars. I love Star Wars, but you know, there's a, there's a limit. A hundred percent. Yeah. Don't make it long just for the sake of being long is pretty, that that's like our sentiment and like our opinion last episode. So let's see what they said. Uh, so Ubisoft has a pension for making long games. A completionist run in Assassin's Creed Valhalla can run up to 143 hours, according to how long to beat. And some fans are worried that Star Wars Outlaws may be more of the same. So the concerns stem from a recent interview confirming that Star Wars Outlaws planet will comprise two to three zones from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And that's just one planet. Um, one of the main criticisms of Valhalla was that it felt bloated with content that many players felt underwhelming, which was exemplified by its huge number of map icons and uh, Ubisoft staple. So how many, did yeah. they say hundreds of planets were going to be in this game? Yeah, it was something like 100. I, yeah, I, I don't know if it was 100 on the dot or if it was hundreds. But I think it was hundreds yeah. is, is what I remember reading. Which is wild to say, like, one planet can comprise of two to three zones of Valhalla, which is their biggest game. <laughs> so, yeah. Continuing on. So, speaking with IGN during San, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, creative director Julian G. Wrightley and narrative director uh, Navid Gavari. Every time, I always struggle with their last <laughs> names, I swear. Um, they both address the question of what they consider to be too big, in quotes, in Star Wars Outlaws. G. Wrightley responded that, too big is a game that people don't manage to play, enjoy, and finish. I think that's a that's a good description, honestly. See, um, that's a good that's a good creative director right there. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, he's aware. <laughs> so uh, he continues on by saying, "Our objective is to really get people into a very dense, rich adventure, open world adventure that they can explore at their own rhythm. So it is absolutely not a 200, 300 hour epic, unfinishable RPG. It is a very focused action adventure RPG that will take people on a ride and is very manageable. Sweet. Uh, Kavari added that Ubisoft wants players to experience Kvass journey. And Kvass is the next, I guess, smuggler main character in this game. Um, and continuing on with the interview, they said, we've talked about this a lot on the team, um, is that yes, we're building open worlds, we're building bustling cities and cantinas and wide open plains, but we also, we always try to approach it from a place of character, from a place of the story, and realizing that this might be Kvass's first entry into a planet like Toshari that we've crafted for this. So that's always in top of mind is fusing that narrative element with the game. Dude, that makes me so excited, just that one statement. You know how many times... this is, I'm going to go on a slight rant real quick. We're supposed to be in a galaxy far, far away every time we go into a Star Wars movie. Very every true. time we go into a new Star Wars game, and there's been like... I feel like there's been like 20, maybe more by now. And true. why is it that every single time, it's like we're always on Tatooine or Mos Eisley, and that's it. And then like Kashyyyk, and it's if it's supposed to be a galaxy far, far away, there should be more than one planet. Yeah, or like a handful think. of planets. There's like <laughs> hundreds of planets. Like where are the other different species? Why are like I get it? It's familiar. People who see Star Wars, they see Star Wars, right? Yeah. People can be afraid to change, but it's like I want to see something crazy. And if there's hundreds of different maps, man, how cool would it be if they have it somewhat generated? It's not auto generated. We we discussed that in the last episode. It's uh designer generated by an actual human but how cool would it be to have like a new experience at every single planet and i mean it becomes yeah. part of the lore you know it'd be so cool i mean that's i feel like that'd be the dream of this game right like at least for me like if it was if there was that amount of detail in each planet um build upon the star wars lore but also just like i don't know just make a star wars game i think that's like I don't want to say worth playing because, like, I don't want to discredit what like Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor have done, but yeah, but, but yeah, they're man. on the same planets you we've always been on, aren't they? I, I think so. I don't even remember. I'll be honest, but um, yeah, neither do I. 
<laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of like I don't mean to mean the games are like forgettable, but yeah, um, the combat was like all I remembered because you know I'd spend hours trying to f- defeat the same boss because you know I stink, bro. Like I don't know, you know, let's play like <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. You know, I think it, this type of open world game like RPG, I think I think it'd be really cool if they did something similar to what Nintendo did with Breath of the Wild, where there's a primary focus to start and finish the game and it's kind of clear what you have to do but you can go yeah. about whatever route you want to do it and if you go about the long route the ending becomes shorter right and it's easier for you but if you go the short route then like it's super hard to beat the game you know like skipping steps almost but yeah. that's just level of difficulty i wonder if they can do something similar so yeah yeah but the the rest of the article really just goes into making a game that's like encompassing like very i don't i don't want to say inclusive what's the word here like um integrating you into the world uh i I do like how after i just got done saying i'm sick of watching the same getting on the same maps and everything uh not the same maps the same worlds it's like yeah we were crafting a fully explorable tatooine and teasing (laughs) some sort of uh role for the food it's just like ah come on Tatooine. Oh my. <laughs> it's always the same thing, man. But I get it. It's supposed to be taking place in between episode five and episode six, which is The Empire Strike Back, Empire Strikes Back, and The Return of the Jedi. So Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, look, I think from a design perspective, I could see why they want to put some sort of familiar territory in the game. So it's oh, not just sure. all like new stuff that doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, I can get exactly. it from that perspective. But at the same time, I feel like if you do it well enough, you can insert entirely new material effectively if, you know, you yes. tell the story right and, you know, get get the narrative beats correct. But, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's an interesting balance. I think for a, it, for a known IP like Star Wars, it's, it's, it's certainly difficult to understand what may be the best thing to do for a game like that. But who knows, man? I'm not a designer as much as... Uh, Neither am I. I mean, as, as much as we consider or discuss, you know, this is what it is. Yeah. And, well, before we leave this article, I'm going to I'm going to read this just one paragraph right here for anybody that just doesn't know anything about Star Wars Outlaws and what it might be. Uh, they they uh, Kate. Sorry, let me. So, yeah. Kate Bailey does a pretty good job of just summing it up. So it's billed as an open world Star Wars adventure game featuring Kate Vass as a newly minted scoundrel. And Star Wars Outlaws will let players explore multiple worlds, navigate the politics of the galaxy's uh, criminal syndicates, and take on missions from Jabba the Hutt, or just betray them, whereupon the famously vengeful hunt will send out the bounty hunters. So, sounds exciting. And the previews look good, the game looks good, and I think it might be one of those uh, do or die for Ubisoft, to be yeah, honest. I'm kidding. I do well here. I'm betraying him, I'm just saying. I-, I gotta see what the bounty hunters do, dude. That's fact. What, what if Boba shows up? What if the final boss is Boba? Did you just predict the game, Mike? I don't know. <laughs> it's almost like I wrote it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so All right. the next one you got to get into because I know how excited you are about new technology and gaming. Sure am. Just to make sure, what article did you have up next? I want to make sure we're synced up. Oh gosh! Because Uh-oh. we did Star Wars. I think I had Star Wars oh, like last. Man. It's not a huge deal. It's not a huge deal. Like oh, <laughs> you're gonna like freak out. It's not a huge deal. But I did oh, have to do a quick man. swap. I did quick right, swap, but fun. we adapted. All right. So I just want to make sure right. we talk about Swapped the ESRB on. thing. We talk about that, Mike. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's what All I meant. Right. All right. <laughs> ESRB is very interesting. It is what rates all your games. When I was young, when I was young lad. I had parents that would not allow me to buy the M-rated games when I was below the age of 17. It's very true. And it's so weird how it's like 17 and not 18, because you would think, you know, it's very strange. What's the I difference? Know. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I you know, in the right context, it sounds wrong. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, no. <laughs> this guy. Uh, okay. Anyways, the ESRB. They want to start using facial scanning technology. To check people's ages, Mike. Can you believe that? Yeah. Dude, have you seen Minority Report? I have not. With Tom Cruise? I have not. Well, 
It's a good movie. I'd recommend you go see it, but every time I tell you to go watch a movie, don't do it anyway, so I don't think it matters anymore. But in It's not my fault Report, Detective Pikachu wasn't on a streaming service that I own, okay? You want me to spend Terminators on every... Do you want me to spend Terminator. $8 for you? That we want me to do my... <laughs> yes, I kind of. Actually, actually it'd probably yeah. only be four to rent it, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it'd probably be less than that. <laughs> oh, man, you're killing me. Hey, it is my birthday, Mike. I'm just saying, you know. That's <laughs> it's true, that big of a yeah. deal. You can, you know, That's just, true. You could just get it to me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you go ahead and start reading. I'm going to go I'm look kidding, up where I can I'm find kidding. Pokemon. Right. Listen. Ladies and gentlemen, the SRB wants to start using facial scanning to check people's ages. The FTC is now seeking public feedback on the SRB's proposal. I feel like I already know what that public feedback is going to be. But let's continue reading. There's been an update to this article. We'll read the original story and then I'll read the update. Because I feel like that's kind of, the, we'll, we'll stay canon. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I remember a couple of years ago when Chinese gaming giant Tencent began using facial recognition to keep the kids from playing too many video games. It turns out that the Entertainment Software Rating Board, North America's video game rating agency, is looking to do something quite similar. The ESRB, along with digital identity company Yodi and Epic Games-owned youth digital media company Super Awesome, have filed a proposal with the FTC seeking approval for a new, quote, verifiable parental consent mechanism called a Privacy Protective Facial Age Estimation. Simply put, the parent takes a selfie assisted by an auto face capture module, which is then analyzed by the system to ensure it's the face of an adult who can then grant whatever permissions are required. The entire process of verification takes less than a second on average, quote unquote, and images are permanently deleted after the verification is complete. So they're not storing your data. Okay. I, I, I mean, quote unquote. <laughs> oh no, Mike. What are we thinking? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. It's very interesting. The upload of still images is not accepted, and photos that do not meet the required level of quality to create an age estimated age estimate are rejected. The filing states these factors minimize the risk of circumvention of and of children taking images of unaware adults. Of course, kids outsmarting the system isn't the only risk at play here. Accuracy strikes me as a big one, given the facial recognition technology is so notoriously racist. <laughs> and apparently yeah. there's a study to back this up. A study there conducted is. in the U.S., for instance, found that Asian and African-American people were up to 100 times more likely to be incorrectly identified by facial recognition systems than white people. That's kind of crazy. I did not know that. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Yeah, oh, I heard man. about that. <laughs> That's wild. Um and maybe I'm underestimating the magic of work here, but determining whether someone is 16 or 18 based on a single selfie also strikes me as a real roll of the dice. The ESRB dismissed concerns about the fairness of the system. However, saying that, quote, the difference in rejection rates between gender and skin tone is very small. The data suggests that for those between 25 and 35, 15 out of the 1,000 females and 7 out of the 1,000 males might be incorrectly classified as under 25 and would have the option of verifying using another method, filing says. The range of difference by skin tone is between 8 out of 1,000 versus 28 out of 1,000. While bias exists, as, it inherent, as is inherent in any automated system, this is not material, especially as compared to the benefits uh, and the increase in access to certain groups of parents. So there's a little graphic kind of shows you how it works. Talk about how they detect the face, how they compute the numbers, how they determine your age based off that. Um, yeah, th this graphic doesn't really like, like I, maybe I just don't understand it, but it's like it's a bunch of squares and numbers. And then it says result 26. <laughs> like it doesn't, it's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I don't get it either. <laughs> The actual uh, tech behind it is probably over my head, but yeah. Um, it's important to note that none of this is proposed as a replacement for current systems. Instead, the SRB presented its facial age verification plan as an additional optional verification method that will be a particular that will be a particular use to people who don't have photo ID. In a statement sent to PC Gamer, Yodi also noted that the system works without actually recognizing or identifying individuals. Instead, the technology simply estimates the age of the image it sees. That's all good, and this is an opinion. That's from the. This is an opinion from uh, your, uh what it was Andy Chalk over at PC Gamer. He said, uh, "That's all good, but in my eyes, it doesn't change the fact that yeah, this 
really is a gross invasion of privacy. <laughs> he said, I sure as hell don't want to be sharing my mug with the great digital overmind <laughs> just so my uh, hypothetical kid plays, can play some GTA Online. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it certainly is, uh, there certainly is those concerns, especially even for me, right? It's like, how private is this actually? And like how, it's like, it's, you know, I, every time I see stuff was like, oh, they don't, uh, we don't save your photos or any of that, like, you know, identifiable data anywhere on our system. I definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely just like, I hate to say I don't believe it, but it's like, it's just hard to believe. Very hard to believe yeah. for me anyway. Um, that, that's where I am too. All it's, of it's hard, yeah. hard to believe. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have all that data. There's, uh, not only malicious stuff that can be done with that amount of data, but just from like an analytical standpoint data scientists would probably be foaming at the mouth <laughs> to get a lot of this uh, information that is processed uh, for stuff like this. So, uh, and yeah, you know, Mike, I'm just gonna say, dude, money talks. I'm just gonna say, you know, these companies are going to yeah. probably approach and be like, Hey, you know, you could just like save like, you know, a few hundred thousand and send over the data and we'll, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, the thing that I'm kind of like, it, it seems like I say like too many times. Got a comment about that. <laughs> but the ESR, you know what I'm talking about? So the ESRB, uh, the ESRB, like <laughs> going into this whole proposal of, I know it's just a proposal and they want public feedback, but you know it's going to be a little bit too much, right? Because if if you're at the grocery store, or like the gaming store, and you're trying to make these purchases, you have to verify your ID if it's anything over 18 really like plus 17 so and people that are under plus under 17 might not have the money usually don't have the money on their own to buy games they need a parental yeah so it's i think it really comes down to parental consent being of age to purchase and that id process should just happen online like through identification or in the checkout line like hey it's rated m are you sure you want your kid playing this that kind of thing yeah, very true. I don't think you need to take pictures of people to make it work, but it's also optional. So yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I have a feeling not many people would use it, but then again, most people don't understand the complexities and the intricacies of technology, so they're like, okay, it's not doing anything harmful, right? <laughs> and so yeah, true. Yeah, um, very interesting. It was an update to the article, which I will now read. Um, the ESR the ESRB has released a statement clarifying that this technology does not confirm the identity of users, nor is it intended to scan the faces of of scan the faces to minors to determine whether they're old enough to purchase particular games. It only uses images to determine the subject's age in order to ensure compliance with COPPA privacy requirements. Oh, COPPA! I've heard it a couple times, not only in my personal life but at work. So <laughs> very interesting. I actually stuff. don't know what COPPA is. Uh, uh yeah. Uh, you know, children's just, online privacy protection rule yeah. protection act yeah you okay. want you want to protect children you know Papa. that makes sense um yeah. to be perfectly clear this is a quote <laughs> to be perfectly clear with the srb any images and data used for this process are never stored used for ai training used for marketing or shared with anyone the srb said in a statement Quote, the only piece of information that is communicated to the company uh, requesting VPC is a yes or no determination as to whether the person is over the age of 25. So they, we don't send the image to a data warehouse or a server just to verify it. We send a yes or no. Okay. Okay. Okay, SRB. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, look, it, it's one of those things. It's optional. It's cool and interesting, but... uh. But again, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many systems in place already that work, so it's kind of just seems like a waste of research <laughs> and resources, but here we are. Yeah, true, but I mean, maybe they're just trying to get ahead of everything. Yeah. This is probably going to be the future anyway. Again, Minority Report. You might want to go check it out. Yeah, um, true. Tom Cruise movie. Pretty entertaining. I mean, there's face ID on this thing, right? It scans my face every time I open it. So. 100%, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know. True. Then again, it's a, Apple claims it's more biometric, like, imprint it's not really like a picture or anything mm. but anyways whatever apple no. <laughs> uh, but talking about stuff you know this is a very interesting article and i, and I uh wanted to bring it to the table for a reason because it has an interesting twist at the end i feel <laughs> now i'm glad I, I wanted to wait for you to open up the article so i knew for sure we were on the same page this time <laughs> <laughs> 
So this is the one that I actually thought you were going to be the most excited about because uh, mm-hmm. we we talk about Unreal Engine Five a lot and how how much we're looking forward to it. So this article is coming from PC Gamer or jo- Joshua Wollens. Pretty sure I pronounced his last name right. And he talks about this fan made Unreal Engine Five remake of The Simpsons Hit and Run, and it looks incredible. And we'll never ever get to play it. Dope. So <laughs> tragic, but it's pretty cool to see that Simpsons Hit and Run still has a devoted fan base. I think yeah. that's pretty cool. True. So let's get into it. So, and another finger on the monkey paw curls. A plan to remake the Simpsons Hit and Run, the beloved PS2 GTA 3 like from 2003, has reached its conclusion. A joint effort by devs going by the names of Reeves and Corleone. Corleone? Corleone? Corleone, probably. The project kicked off a year ago and was an attempt to recreate the original game in Unreal Engine 5 as a fully open world, meaning all its maps combined into one experience, which is crazy. Yeah. So the project is now finished, meaning the first chunk of the game can be experienced in its entirety, just not by you or me. Copyright law dictates that Rubes, Reeves can't distribute the remake without being lawyered into oblivion by whichever corporation happens to own the rights of the Simpsons hit and run to 2023. So we'll just have to settle for gazing long, longingly at a 22 minute <laughs> YouTube video, which you can see above. Very true. <laughs> so he is not entirely sure if the devs have remade more of the game than they've shown off in their videos, though he, ex- he expects not. Um, and he's reached out to ask them about that, and we'll update with the piece later. So seriously impressive stuff. The cutscenes play seamlessly. Uh, missions move from objective to objective. Homer bombs around Springfield in that trademark pink car with grace and elec- electricity. Electric? I don't even know. Electricy. <laughs> How do you pronounce that word, dude? Oh, that's a good one, right? Grace and. Oh man. Hold on. Alacrity. It's alacrity. Alacrity. Grace and alacrity. I don't know what alacrity means, but hey, big words, baby. (laughs) We'll learn one day. We're struggling right now. Let's figure it out. It is brisk and cheerful readiness, eagerness, willingness, readiness. This dude passes SATs and file like flying (laughs) colors. 1600. 100%. Alacrity. Wow. Yeah. And Lisa's hair looks like a ghastly tesseract that will (laughs) pursue me to my grave it's all there just not for the taking so reebs runs a patreon for their game development course and also sells an unreal engine plugin which answers the question as to why on earth they wanted to make a remake of sam's the simpsons hit and run and not to distribute it among the public perhaps that's good news if you absolutely have to play the remake, you could always try to make it yourself. After all, you can watch the other nine parts of Reap series on remaking Hit and Run over on their YouTube channel to get some idea of how, to, how they did it. But if somehow you lack the wherewithal to do that, I suppose the closest we can get is that mod that stitches the entire original game together. <laughs> do you ever get the feeling that someone should just officially remake this thing already? <laughs> Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. A, yeah. a lot of people don't. Are, I'm kind of sad for the probably anyone in the younger audience or newer gamers that never got a chance to play Simpsons Hit Run. It's a fantastic game, super fun. And I think you probably picked this article because it just shows how Unreal Engine 5 gives you more and more ability to do what you want to do, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, just the, uh, I mean, just the shadows and stuff along the detail. Um, it's, it's one of the things, it's like, oh, if it wasn't a legal thing, this would be so sick to see, like a re-release of. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it makes you wonder, like, whoever has the IP, like, do the, do the community in the world a favor. Hire these guys, finish it out, release it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a hit. And yeah, Simpsons Hit and Run, I think I played Hit and Run on, uh, on GameCube, I want to say, when I was younger. Um, and yeah, I remember, uh, I think I rented it from a blockbuster. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> I rented it from a blockbuster and it was like, and I remember, uh, I didn't tell my mom it was due until like the night it was due. And I remember she was like pissed at me. <laughs> she was, and she was like so mad, like leaving the house to go return it. She was like, she didn't want to have to go out that night. And, yeah. Sorry, mom. Yeah, didn't but, want uh, to pay the fees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She really didn't want to pay. She, yeah. So yeah, sorry about that, mom. But, um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, dude, it, yeah, it's uh, the Simpsons games. Hit and Run was uh, a lot of fun. I think there was another one too. I'm trying to remember that was like on that generation. The name's leaving me, but um, but yeah, a Simpsons. And, yeah, it was it was another Simpsons game, I think. But um, yeah, I just remember Hit and Run was like was really fun for me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, dude. The game looks great. The cutscenes look awesome. Um, yeah, the Tesseract hair on uh, Marge. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it makes me very jealous. And, you know, if they uh, want to distribute this copy, uh, you know, if they if they want someone to, you know, quote-unquote leak it on, like, you know, a, a pirate website or something, you know, I won't tell on anyone, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we'll, see, uh, we'll see what they end up doing. But, uh, yeah, very unfortunate. I wish... Uh, I wish people will get to experience this because it just looks excuse me it just looks out of this world so it looks really good man it, it's very exciting it brings up hope for like future games uh not even future games what i mean is like a future reiteration of an old classic game yeah you know just fan made and stuff like that yeah, i mean more and more people are going to be able to do this on their own it's really right. cool. I mean, it's crazy, you know, two guys do this. Imagine what a... You give this to a dedicated team, just imagine how much better it could be. Yeah, true. It's, true. Uh, yeah. it's wild, man. Congrats, congrats to the guys on uh, making something they, they legally cannot release. So, <laughs> congratulations. True. Uh, you know what? Legally is going to be released soon, though. Without a doubt. Uh, I, well, that's because they got all the copyrights and... <laughs> the the licenses and everything but yeah mike, this game looks i'm excited for this game too mike we live Tell in a world people. we live in a world where there's a lot of collabs and mashups right we're talking oh, yeah. about talking about smash for nintendo mario party we're talking about um why is the name of the game leaving me i'm gonna start being mad what's the what was the game that crashed and burned and now they're like oh we need a year why I can't remember it either. <laughs> Dude, am I, why am I blacking out of this name already? It's a fighting game with Shaggy. <sighs> Dude, I don't remember. Gosh. Uh, Battle Bras? Brawls? Brawl Star? No. Oh. <laughs> I, I can't uh, remember either. Brawlhalla? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, dude. I found it. It's multiverses. Multiverses. Yeah. Superman versus Scooby-Doo, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Multiply. Anyways. You you understand the mic. We live in a world where it's like we have these like games where it's huge collabs, right? Like multiple different yes. universes, right? Multiverses is one. It's probably the most recent one, I feel like. But in the kart racing genre, we're getting a uh, we're getting a DreamWorks kart racing game. That's right, DreamWorks All Star Nickelodeon kart racer was the most recent one. I feel like in the kart racing genre, that was like a Nickelodeon yeah, character. But yeah. Uh, DreamWorks new kart racer put Shrek back in the driver's seat, baby. <laughs> I love how this that's the headline. Everybody I've seen talking about this game immediately talks about Shrek. And you why know, would you not? He's like a superstar. We're in, we're in his swamp, you know. How it is. <laughs> DreamWorks Animation All Star Shrek. Michael McWhorter from Polygon wrote this. Um, Puss in Boots. Boss Baby, Hiccup, and a whole bunch of trolls are getting <laughs> the Mario Kart treatment for a new game, DreamWorks All-Star Kart Racing. The crossover kart racer will span two decades of the DreamWorks cinematic catalog, borrowing characters from the Shrek and How to Train Your Dragon films, as well as the Megamind and the Bad Guys. DreamWorks All-Star Kart Racing looks to spice up the kart racing genre with a few twists. Magical switches on race courses uh, can be struck to uncover hidden shortcuts, and DreamWorks' animations trolls will ride along with racers and are equipped with power-ups and special surprises, according to the publisher Game Mill Entertainment. The extended Shrek family is strongly represented in, in, in DreamWorks' all-star kart racing. Uh, the infamous Ogre, his ogre wife Fiona, Donkey, and Puss in Boots are all playable racers. Wolf from Puss in Boots' The Last Wish is also playable, but one of two characters exclusive to a digital deluxe version of the game, um, the other is Master Uga, Kung Fu Panda. Uh, each character will have their own cart. Shrek's looks like looks all swampy. Fiona's looks like onion-inspired. And Donkey's is modeled after the mother of his children, <laughs> the dragon. Um, that can be upgraded in, uh, with cosmetics and other customizations. 
Other confirmed racers include Poe, Tigress, and Master Shifu uh, for Kung Fu Panda, um, Ashrid from How to Train Your Dragon, Megamind, and Mr. Wolf from The Bad Guys. Uh, Game Mill promises 20 fan-favorite characters in a variety of tracks based on locations from DreamWorks movies. This isn't DreamWorks' first foray into racing into kart racing by a long shot. DreamWorks All-Star Kart Racing stands on the shoulders of 2006's Shrek Smash and Crash Racing, uh, 2009's Madagascar Karts, and 2011's DreamWorks Superstar Karts, all of which featured a raceable Shrek. DreamWorks All-Star Kart Racing is heading to Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Windows PC, Xbox One, and Series X, and it will cost $39.99 or $59.99 for the aforementioned Deluxe Edition. The game features eight-player online races and four-player local split-screen multiplayer. Um, in addition to DreamWorks Kart Racing, DreamWorks Trolls are coming to a separate game as well, DreamWorks Troll Remix Rescue. Um, yeah, 3D platformer with trolls, I guess. That's kind of the thing. Kind of that. Um, it's... Uh, yeah, there's a couple uh, couple interesting games coming out of here in the DreamWorks realm, but the main uh, point of the article was that, you know, we're going to get to race a Shrek again, Mike, you know? You sh- are you trying to trying to be in someone's swamp, dude? You're trying to race a Shrek? Dude, I'm trying to race you and embarrass you, man. I'm big into this already, and hey, I'm just seeing yo, screenshots. Okay. I'm just seeing <laughs> screenshots, man. This is hey, cool. Yo, so it's going to be on right. all platforms, which is awesome. Pretty it's much only going to cost 40 bucks. If you want the deluxe edition, 50 bucks. Um, Deluxe, Deluxe, you should probably get because it comes with a. What was it here that you said? You literally just comes, said it. It comes with two racers, right? Like oh, yeah. Master Uguay from Kung Fu Planet. Like Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Master Uguay is a total banff, dude. Just an <laughs> old, an old, old turtle. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, that'd be kind of funny. It's just like a turtle with the best car. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. like fast as heck. Yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. It, it reminds me of. Have you played Mario Kart Eight? I think the newest one is. Uh, a little bit, yeah. But it was like a while. Yeah, ago. yeah. You get to choose like your car, and then you get to choose yeah. like you choose chassis, engine, wheels. I think that's really it, and then like a couple of cosmetic things. This is pretty interesting. It, it adds yeah. like spoilers onto it and the overall body. It's like, I like it, man. Um, yeah. I like the idea. It's all going to come down to the courses, though, and playability. Yeah, very true. Um, but it looks it looks cool. I will say, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of streams of this when it first launches. Um, just oh, because, you know, yeah. Shrek. And, you know, you play as Poe and all these characters. So, it'll be interesting to see. But, but yeah, uh, you know, another kart racer. Can't go wrong, I feel like. Especially with these major collab kart racers. So, um, it's cool to see all the universes collide. I don't know. I, every time I see a game like this, it gets me, it gets me excited for sure. So, already know it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, it's it's a whole hype off of trolls coming out. When's the trolls movie coming out? Yeah, I I literally Couldn't saw. The, you, you know? I just saw the preview when I was in the movie theaters. Mm. It's like trolls two or like the trolls the second movie or something. I I don't even know. The last one came out in 2016, but there's like a second one coming out. Trolls two is, jeez, I don't even know. It doesn't matter right now, though. Trolls. It's super pop. It's super popular. Very sure. well-known brand. DreamWorks does work. You know what I mean? It's DreamWorks. Someone say it's the uh, it's the little brother or the uh, the the Walmart brand of Pixar. But you know what? I'd say it's its own entity. You know? <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Very true. All right, Mike. Well, you know, I, don't, I mean, there was a lot of articles this week. I ain't gonna lie, but uh, we narrowed it down yeah. to these five. And who knows? We may cover some of the other ones we didn't cover this week at some point. Those, dude. <laughs> there was a decent amount to go through, but yeah, I liked them is. nonetheless. Yeah, there there were a couple on here that I would wouldn't mind mentioning. Just the Hall Effect joysticks uh, coming yeah. out. There's yeah, yeah, that that was really cool. I think I sent you that the game Sir G Seven or whatever it's called. Um, there's a couple other games just on the rise, and I still haven't played. Exo Primal, and I saw you posted that. You're like, it's kind of popping. Check this out, dude. Yeah, it's like a million players yeah. or something like that. They've already recorded. Yeah, it's man. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's on Game Pass. I saw. It. I was like, man, should I download it? Probably on X Cloud as well. It might be. Yeah, you know? I haven't checked. Yeah, I've seen a lot of big name streamers playing it too, and it's it's hard to tell when it comes to big name streamers because a lot of a lot of people just like play the newest biggest game for like a week and then move on. But that game's been out for a couple of weeks now and it's still very popular. And I would say it's even like becoming more popular. 
same mm-hmm. thing with battle bit and very true it's cool to see yeah there are other games coming out it's gonna be really cool to see how how they all play out yeah yeah man i'm always excited um you know each each week we do this mike we get one week closer to starfield you know it's kind of on my mind right now facts <laughs> man that is actual facts yeah oh uh, one week closer you know we are also one week closer from getting into our next week or next month of games so for the month Very of August, true. and yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool the calm to, before the storm dude exactly <laughs> man can you believe we're almost in august now it's kind of wild yeah wild? we're we're over the halfway point of the year right so it's like already it's almost 30 episodes in mike almost you know yeah you know we're on our 95th episode in terms of like the mm. m2 podcast and on on our youtube channel how many do we have? Like we are, we're over a hundred. We have 142 videos. I mean, granted, some of them are segments, so it's easily digestible for people. But mm. yeah, mm. all I know but is I, I got, yeah, it's time, baby. It's all I know. Almost time. Yeah, it, it's time. <laughs> um, we'll let the people go. I want to say happy birthday to you, man, and appreciate Same. you working on the birthday. Oh, you already know. There's no way out here. Do you have any uh, big plans? Do you have anything uh, going on? I mean, on the day itself, I mean, no, not really. Just gotta, yeah. you know. I just gotta work, dude. I hate being an adult. I should, I should just be like, yo, it's my birthday and coming in. You know what I'm saying? I should like planned it. <laughs> just be like, yeah, just take that day, but maybe next year. Are you working we'll remote at least? Maybe? Yeah, I mean, I'm working remote, so yeah, yeah. always. But yeah, dude. Well. I think that's all we really got other than closing it out, right? Yeah. So the yeah. the usual, anything that we've talked about, I've actually switched the links. So Bitly, which is who we've originally been shorting the links with, they set limits now on how many links you can shorten in a month. And we basically hit those in a matter of like two episodes. So halfway through the month, we're done. We're trying tiny URL this time around. The links are in the description. Check them out, including all of the socials, all the contact information, timestamps, whatever you want. So down below. But yeah, mm. without further ado, I guess this is the M2 podcast. I'm Michael Anty, my co-host over here, Kyle Heath. Happy birthday, Kyle. One last time. And sure. uh, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you next week for the start of August. Oh, baby. So, Almost go. left. One month left, bro. Bye, everyone. Peace out, guys. Take it easy.